0: Good morning again everybody, glad you're here, we're going to be looking again in Mark chapter 10, let me remind you that, that next week I'm going to actually preach much of what comes after this in the gospel of Mark without preaching it, I'm going to dramatize it, I'm going to act it out from Simon Peter's point of view. So tomorrow, next week will be a little bit different in that uh, this will not be here. If it's okay with, with everybody, the, the, all of this will not be here. I'm going to perform up here on, on stage. But hopefully it will be more than a, a performance. It will be for all of us more of a, a presence. So it's uh, again, it's going to be the story of Jesus from this point in Mark to the end of, of the Gospel of Mark through a drama, and then we'll start uh, s- something else in-, in October. But anyway, so we're-, we're continuing to work through the Gospel of Mark, but uh, it will be a-, a monologue based on Simon Peter's perspective of what we see through the end of-, of the Gospel of Mark. So that will be next Sunday. Well, I pray today that we will all have what my wife calls an epiphilation, it sounds like she's, she's stuttering between the words epiphany and revelation, but she, she's serious about that word, an epiphalation, that it is something that awakens us like an epiphany, something that awakens us, but not by our own power, but by the revelation of God through, through the Holy Spirit, an epiphalation. And so that's what I pray for us today. And, and uniquely, we, we fall into this story of Jesus healing a blind man. Bartimaeus. So if you'll turn with me to Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 46. Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 46. And I'll read that uh, before we start here. They came to Jericho, and he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And in this, of course, we we have a physical healing going on. But I think there's more than that going on. I think there are actually several characters in this story that we need to be aware of. We have Jesus, we have his disciples, we have a great crowd, and we have a man by the name of Bartimaeus who happens to be blind you know, I, I look at this and I, I see not only the the continual moving of, of God through Christ that we've talked about over the past several weeks, for one of the things that you need to see if you're looking in Mark's Gospel as distinctive from the other gospels is the word immediately. It's thirty five times in the Gospel of Mark. That word immediately that actually could be a sermon in itself maybe it has been, maybe I did do that a few weeks ago, but immediately you should be feeling the momentum of that movement of God's dynamic presence, his creating and saving activity in the world that continues today. I continue to remind you that God did create all things. At the very beginning in Genesis, the Spirit hovered over the darkness and the deep and the chaos. And God spoke, let there be and there was, and there is, and there continues to be. God may have rested on the seventh day, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't creating again on the eighth. He continues to create. And the wonderful the wonderful epiphany that we have in our lives is that we too are instruments of God's creation. God, make me an instrument of your peace. You've heard that song? It's the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, make
1: me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, it is in dying that we are born to eternity.
0: That's an epiphany. You can't rationalize that with the intellect. And we get so distracted and so involved with so many things in the flesh that are perishing away that we don't see the revelation of God that he has created us to be extensions of his creation. We are to continue to create what is very good. There are so many people that have yet to discover that purpose for being. And in, in light of this, I begin to see a continual momentum of God through the Scripture. That's what keeps me reading it, to understand not only what God has done, but what God continues to do through His people, through His church. They came to Jericho. Just in that first verse, Jericho was an evil place. It was it was like when we talk about Vegas, what happens in Jericho stays in Jericho. It was a wicked place. You didn't go there unless there was some kind of evil intention in your heart. You were looking for something in Jericho. And it's interesting but that's where Jesus went. That's where he took his disciples. And from there, a great crowd began to follow him. Those that couldn't find the fulfillment they were looking for in the stuff, in the flesh in Jericho. It's interesting, that's where Jesus goes. Uh, several years ago, I had uh, an invitation to go to India. And we were going to go to the Taj Mahal, and we were going to go to to New Delhi, but our task was to go to Delhi, the the poverty-stricken area, because in India, you have the very, very rich, and you have the very, very poor. And much of it's due to their religion, Hinduism, because Hinduism says if you're poor, it's because of a past life when you must have done something wrong, and your karma (laughs) makes you, if you weren't following your dharma or your duty at that time, then you, you can't break out of samsara, which is reincarnation, to reach moksha, which is coming back as something better. That's on my test. <laughs> and, and I had one kid who actually put, instead of moksha, which is breaking free from reincarnation, they put milkshake. Because that's, what I, that's how I told him that's how you can remember it. It's not milkshake, it's moksha. Well, they put anyway. Uh, yeah, so we we actually were, were called to work at a vacation Bible school in an orphanage, a Christian orphanage, and most of the kids that were there were Muslim. And they literally had to chaperone us or to to walk alongside of us. Guards had to walk alongside of us as American Christians as we got out of the van, went through the gate of this wall, this gated uh, area, in order to get to this stone building, dilapidated stone building that was an orphanage. And that week they invited all the kids to come in, street kids and everybody. And most of the time the kids came because they were hungry, not because of us. And women, Muslim women, were around the building. They couldn't come in through the gate, but they were around the building. There, were no, there was no glass in the windows, so they could hear what we were saying to the kids. So we had to be very cautious that we negotiated well, and we weren't being offensive to those Muslim women because they were known the women and husbands on Sunday morning to gather around that same place when when they had church and throw rocks through the windows. They also, at one time, they lynched the pastor, broke his arm. Another time, they broke his leg. So we were walking into a situation that wasn't just, look, being tourists for the Taj Mahal. We had to take this very seriously. And so I would work with the kids. We'd play this little game, and and we would sing little songs and all of that. We would talk about God. And I could say some things about Jesus, because Muslims revere Jesus as a prophet. But I had to be very careful what they took with them when they left. I wanted to plant seeds. And so we tried to do that. There There was a day when we were invited, because there was... We, we were free the rest of the afternoon. So we were invited to do one of two things. We could go touring, or we could go to a leper colony. So we would, decided we would tour a, le, a leper colony. Not thinking, necessarily, that God was going to use us there the, with the language barriers and those sort of things. And I look at this text, and I see the same kind of thing. When I look at the first part, they came to Jericho. Jesus was intentional about going to Jericho where there were people who were lost, people that were hungry, people that lived in the darkness, people that had no hope. And that's where Jesus went. And I look at that and I, th- and I think about that leper colony. I have never, ever in my life seen anything as horrendous as this. Literally, there were those who by their past life, they deserved to be there, according to Hinduism. They were in the lower caste, the untouchables, like lepers. They were, they were untouchables. So we, we had 12 students. We had a pastor and a translator and me. And we took a van out into, literally into the jungle. It was off the beaten path. You wouldn't even have known that it was there unless you knew it was there. We got off the main road, went down this gravel road, we went into this, this area, and I got to tell you, um, I get it, it's, it's not easy sometimes to share Jesus with people, I know, but in this country, nothing like what we went into, and we were told at the time, we walked in and, we, and the pastor said, you know, this is illegal, right? <laughs> no. Uh, flesh that out for me. She said, well, two weeks ago the Indian government just pronounced that they will no longer issue uh, um, visas for missionaries into this country because Hinduism now is the official state religion. So it's illegal to share evangelically. You can't even offer anybody a cookie in the name of Jesus in India. I said, no, I didn't know that. So he said well you know, as, as long as it doesn't get out you know, we'll do what we can we actually came in on a tourist visa I didn't know that you can go in on a tourist visa but not a missionary visa so before the kids got out I said okay so I'm going to take the pastor the translator uh, and the pastor and I are going to take a prayer walk around the village I want all the kids to stay here don't get out of the van stay right here until we can kind of get a sense of what's out there so we stepped out and as soon as I stepped out of the van, here comes this guy who was probably in his 70s who obviously has leprosy. It's, it's horrendous all over his face. And he comes up to me and he hears that we're there to, to present Jesus. So he looks at me as a holy man. Go figure. But he did. And he starts doing this. Namaste, 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 which means may the gods in me bless the gods in you. Hindus believe in 330 million gods. There is one with 330 million expressions of that one. And you choose which one you want to erect a shrine to. And so he came to me and saw me as a holy man because Jesus is an avatar. You know, the movie Avatar is coming out. An avatar is a representation of the one God. It's an avatar is a Hindu Eastern religion movie. <laughs> to go into another realm, another spiritual realm. So don't be fooled. That's what it is. And so uh, he comes up and he grabs me and holds me, and his head is right here, and he's crying, and bodily fluids are going all over my shoulder. Folks, I'm in Jericho. And I got to tell you, one of the things I I thought, oh, my God, help me, I'm going to get leprosy what I thought. I'm going to die. You know, I'm I'm not going to be able to leave India. Another little kid, probably six years old, who also had leprosy, because if you get leprosy, you've got to stay with your family. You've got to stay confined with your family. You're in quarantine. This little kid came up and attached himself to my leg. He wants to play. And so I've got this little kid here. I've got this older man right here. And I said, I'll I'll pray with you, I'll pray with you. So I prayed with him, and he's crying and weeping, begging the gods to to get him out of that situation. And the little kid is just kind of hanging back. Here's my point. Then there was a kid who was my son's age, 14 years old at the time, who who was behind us. His name was Dinesh. And I gave Dinesh a Hindi comic book that was about the story of Jesus even about this story of the blind man. He had leprosy also. He tried to hide it, but he had it. And so the three of us then, we kind of move ourselves away to have a prayer walk through the village. We go down over a hillside where we could no longer see the van, they could no longer see us, and we walk into this area where we're just kind of looking around, and suddenly 10 or 12 Muslim men came out of the jungle with bandanas, they had machetes, they had knives, one had uh, a, a very, very big gun. I remember that, and they surrounded the three of us. I'm in Jericho. And my thinking is, is Jericho going to be greater than Jesus in this situation? The th- I kept thinking, because they surrounded us, I kept thinking, oh, isn't it sad I'm not going to see my son graduate from high school? That's what kept going on over and over in my mind. In the flesh, I would have seen that outside of a revelation of Jesus. I I would have seen that as I'll run into the jungle. I'll run. I'll get away. I'll run into the jungle. And I thought, no, there are snakes in the jungle. (laughs) And I don't even know where I'm going. It is not a woods. It's not the woods. It's the jungle. So I couldn't do that and i couldn't run toward the van because then i would take these guys up to where the kids were so i couldn't do that and i thought well you know what i can't fight them so what am i going to do so the three of us prayed and i kept thinking any moment i watched the news any because we had just gone into afghani airspace so one of them asked the translator who are these guys and he said everything he wasn't supposed to say. He said, well, they're Americans. And I thought, no! Don't tell them we're Americans. Tell them we're Canadians. Nobody's afraid of Canadians. Tell them we're Canadians. And he said, and there are Christians here to share Jesus. And I no! Oh. And I thought, wait a minute. No. Tell them. And we took hands and we prayed. And when we finished... I looked up, and they had all gone back into the jungle. They disappeared. Jesus went to Jericho, and when he was moving through Jericho, a crowd followed him. There was something about the presence of Jesus that challenged even the worst influences of Jericho when Jesus' presence is there. We went through, we we broke up into two groups, and we heard that the magistrate was on his way. See, I would have gone to jail. The adults would have gone to jail. The kids would have been immediately deported. And we heard the magistrate was coming, so we split up into two groups because we were there. We had to do what we were called to do. Dinesh followed me all around, There were six lepers at that point. I don't want to define them by their disease, but these six men that had leprosy that prayed with us to invite Jesus into their lives. A member of the other group ran up to me and said, the magistrate is on his way. He's walking up through the jungle right now, down the path. So we had to rally everybody, all the kids together to get them on the van to leave. Dinesh continues to follow behind me. We get most of them on the van. I'm still out there. All of a sudden, the 70-year-old man comes, and he attaches himself to my shoulder again. The little kid comes, stands right here. Dinesh is right there. And Stephen, Stephen, this kid who is so excited about Jesus, he evangelizes everything, is, is standing over there talking to somebody, and I'm, try- I'm waving him on to get on the van. We've got to go. We're in trouble. We've got to go. And he he keeps talking to that person. So I I let go of the others and I grab him and I grab him around the, 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 the neck like this and I'm trying to get him on the van because I can see there's a guy in full garb, magistrate garb, that's coming down the walkway. So I grab Steve and he thinks I'm hugging him. And he, he, he hugs me back, and he says, Oh, this is great, Doc. We're in India, and we're sharing Jesus. And, and he's just let everything's echoing. So I finally grab him. I get him on the van. I get, I'm the last one on the van. And I'm in the back. The van is pulling away. And I look back through the, the rear window, and there's Dinesh, the 14-year-old kid. And he makes eye contact with me. And he goes... was so glad we went to Jericho. In epiphilation. If just Dinesh received Jesus and received sight beyond his illness, it was worth it. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside and he heard that Jesus was coming. He asked for mercy. And many rebuked him, trying to keep him silence. You know, what, what jumped out at me as I studied this again this week is that Bartimaeus was not just another blind beggar or not just another beggar on the roadside to Jesus. Nobody is anonymous to Jesus. Every person in this room has a name. Every person in this room is precious in God's sight. You have been created artistically by the very hand of the consummate artist of the universe. You are important to God. How do I know that? Because I I see the crucifixion. I understood what it took to get our attention, to let us know the love that God has for us. And I look at this and I think he asked for mercy from the one who is mercy. Have mercy on me. And there were those who would want to keep him silenced. There are those who would want to keep him blind, to keep him from having an epiphilation. When I came to Christ as a teenager... I went to my science class, I was saved on a Saturday afternoon, went to my science class on a Monday morning, put my Bible down on my desk, it was stuffed with tracts, I don't know what they meant, but I stuffed them with tracts, and I raised my hand in my science class, ninth grade science class, and I said, hey, I got saved last Saturday. And the teacher said, you got what? And I said, I got saved. And he said, from what? And I began to pour my heart out, my epiphilation of what happened on that Saturday afternoon in a, in a youth rally in a, in a big Baptist church with 1,200 teenagers who were my peers. And none of those 1,200 teenagers ever told me about Jesus. Some of them that I went to rub elbows with every day that never told me that I could have an epiphilation and know the God that I was searching for. That two months before I was considering, even as a teenager, considering committing suicide because I had seen, I was streetwise, and began to see what the real world was really like. I saw Jericho as a teenager. And none of my friends who were Christians ever told me that there was something more than Jericho. Until that day. In that that context. I heard kids get up in that context and talk about how much they love Jesus. So why do not you ever tell me? That was the day that I saw the the, the pie in the face that's going to happen next Saturday night to one of us, Mike or me. Pray about it before you come. And in that, in that context, when I, when I told them that I had a backslidden Baptist kid on this side and a very confused Catholic girl on this side and, a, and an atheist teacher on the, in front of me, and all three of them, from that point on to the end of the school year, they kept telling me that what happened to me didn't happen to me. No such thing. And I said, you know what, guys? I was there when it happened. I'm not the same Brian that left on Friday that you see now on Monday morning. Something happened. Over the course of that summer, I went to visit my science teacher three times, and all three times he he wouldn't come to the door. The fourth time he came to the door, and he said, what is it? I said, I want to talk to you about Jesus. And he started asking me all these questions. I'm in Jericho for the first time. He's asking me some really, really tough questions. Do you really believe that Jonah was swallowed by a whale, a human being? Do you really believe that, that there was such a thing as Noah and the ark? And he said, and if that's true, uh, how did, did Noah feed the, the, the lions? If there was only two by two, how did he feed the lions? And who cleaned up the mess? And I said, ha, probably Mrs. Noah. And I said, look, I don't know, I don't know all the, the answers to the questions you're asking me. But I do know this. If I were to walk out your door tonight, get hit by a car and die, I, I wouldn't be afraid. He said, you wouldn't be afraid? I said, I don't, I'm not going to do that. And I'm not looking forward to the pain. But I have hope that there's something outside of all of this. Two weeks later, he went to, to church with another student that was inviting him to church. He went to church with me, and the pastor preached on tithing. He got nothing out of it. And so I called him in the course of the summer. Again, one last time, I called him on the phone. I said, can I come talk to you? And he said, about what? And I said, you know. And he said, you're too late. I already got saved. At the other Baptist church that he went to, and it wasn't just just because it was a Baptist church, but they had a Sunday night service, and that's where he accepted Christ. Switch now. Twelve years later, Greg, I'm my senior year in college. He left that that school system, and I, I lost track of him. I'm sitting in Red Lobster with my parents. He's sitting in another booth. I walk over and I said, Mr. Severns, how you doing? So good to see you. And he, he actually stood up and he hugged me. And he said, I want you to know I'm a deacon in a Baptist church in Columbus. And he said, I could not believe that you would take a stand in my class with what I was throwing out at you. But you did it. The Baptist kid that was, was backslidden is a chaplain in the army. The confused Catholic girl. Last I heard she married a minister, but that's that's on the right track, right? Somebody's got to go to Jericho. You know, it's I look at this and I see some of those amazing things and the problem for many of us is not so much we're not willing to go, it's just we listen to all the voices around us that tell us not to go. Just like the one who rebuked the, bl- the ones who rebuked the blind man. Don't go to Jesus. He doesn't have time for you. And they would rather the blind man be blind and silenced. But instead, he cried out all the more, Jesus, have mercy on me. And there are those that are crying out. You may not hear them. But there are those that are crying out for something, some kind of life preserver, in the midst of this wave that we're, of darkness that we're going through right now, all the horrendous things that are happening, when are we going to wake up and understand that there are those right now who are crying out, God, have mercy. And we know the way, the truth, and the life. Here is the way of salvation. Jesus said, take heart, get up, He's calling to you. Throw off any, the, the yoke that would keep you bound. And it says he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do? And he said, Re- recover my sight. And you know how I interpret that in closing? How I interpret that? Seek the epiphalation. Don't settle for anything less than God's revelation of himself in the very core of your being. Some of us have been in church a long time. And we were more excited about Jesus years ago than we are now. And we become blind. At least short-sighted. Rather than having spiritual vision, we settle for the physical sight And overcome by the influence of Jericho. So, church is not exciting anymore. We've lost sight of the mission for the sake of maintaining a system. We have bought into the lies of the culture to think that in any way the culture is going to help us find fulfillment and contentment. No, it will help you find gratification but you're still going to be blind. You may be self-sufficient, but you're not Savior-driven. And what Jesus is saying is, what can I do for you to help you recover your spiritual vision, your physical, your spiritual vision, not just your physical sight? And Jesus said, go your way, your faith has made you well. Last thing, Jesus says, go your way, not my way. Your testimony is not going to match mine, and mine's not going to match yours. And One of the major struggles I see with with kids in, in high school when they have chapel is they hear, Excellent chapel speakers, you know, they go through all this stuff, drugs and all of that, but then they come to Christ, and they're thinking, well, I guess I have to go through drugs and do all that so I can then come to Christ and have a dramatic testimony too. And that's what we sometimes hear. I'm telling you stories about how I've come to an epiphilation in Christ that gets me up in the morning, but your testimony is not going to be mine. I'm just trying to encourage you. I'm trying to spark some inspiration that you have your own unique experience in Jesus and grow your way. That's the excitement about it. We don't have to be like one another. We don't have to have the same type of experiences as one another. But it's the same Jesus who meets us where we are and encourages us through our salvation to go our way in him. To be in Christ is our hope of glory. Go your way. Your faith, depending upon the the level or strength of that faith, makes you well. Where is your faith? How strong is your faith? What he's saying, your faith is very much connected to the joy of your existence in Christ. Go your way. Your faith makes you well. How well will you be? Don't read over that. That's what he's saying to the blind man. And immediately, there it is. There's the momentum. Immediately, he recovered his sight and followed him on the way powerful story I get it I hope I keep getting it I don't want to miss anything Um, I am two hundred years old certainly not as old as Mike but none of us are (laughs) I don't want to miss it along the way Lord help us recover our sight and live by faith and not by sight. May we pray. Lord, thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy, the mercy that we see even in Jericho, the mercy that opened the eyes of Bartimaeus, who has a name. You know us by name. Help us, Lord, to to truly receive that message, that it might sink into the very core of our being, that it's not just about our intellect, but it's about insight. Speak to us today, Lord, as individuals and as a congregation. Help our spiritual vision to be open. Help us, Lord, to consider that, yes, here I am, send me, even the very gates of Jericho. Help us, Lord, to reach out to the lost, those in darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to close with...